Are these like our big, like first sip uh, coffee mug cups or are these like smaller cups? Uh, these are, so I actually have a big jug that I just have a black coffee and a lot of, a lot right. of my athletes actually right. just say, say that I'm, I'm drinking gasoline all day because they just, they just know I'm ready to go. It is impossible to anticipate where the two monsters which suddenly appeared in the Atomi area will attack next. If your power goes out, remain calm. Let's go. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 11 of the First Sit Podcast. Today, we have on one of mine and Dikembe's best friends that there are, Richard Irving, who is a let me get this right, a CSCS, which is a certified strength and conditioning specialist. He is also, he made sure we asked this, a RPR, which is a reflexive performance reset. And he's level two. He made sure I threw that in there, level two. Um, he also has his master's in exercise science. So we are carrying on from the prior episode with Killian and talking again about wellness of the body and moving the right way. We are sitting down with people who know more than we do about training and are going to help us to move the right way so that we can make progress. So Richie, thanks so much for coming on, man. We appreciate it. I know, I know you're mad you weren't on sooner, but thank you. You know, I I've gotten over that, but I appreciate it guys. Um, it's good to be on. It's going to be on with you guys. Thanks for coming on, man. You know, this is a, I think it's a perfect time, Albert. You touched on wellness and getting your body right. It's almost summertime, Memorial Day coming up. Yes. We got to get right, you know, because we keep talking about this Miami trip. You can't go. No. You're not part of the single single guys trip. I'm not part, of, not part of that trip. group chat. Richie can go. But Otis, we out. Tell him we got to take off some time. <clears throat> I'm ready to go. Ready Before to we go. get into how to get our bodies right for Miami, what you sipping on, Otis? So it is 7 o'clock at night right now. So I'm, I'm sipping on some H2O. It's just just some water. I I've had my daily dose of coffee today, so I am um I'm I'm just drinking I'm actually, hot water. I'm actually surprised. Me too. Yeah. What's what's the typical what <laughs> what's the typical coffees that we're at, Rich? So I drink a lot of coffee daily. A lot of coffee. Um, probably about six cups a day. I don't oh. I don't necessarily recommend that to my athletes, but. I like my coffee um, and it's, it's long hours. So I got to make sure I, I bring the energy and I am trying to make sure that all of my athletes are, are ready to go every day. So I'm, I'm the hype man. That's, that's what it is. Whether it's six o'clock in the morning or, or seven o'clock at night, I got to be ready to go at all times. So I love, I love caffeine, love caffeine. Yeah. 200% dial. Are these like our big, like first sip uh, coffee mug cups or are these like smaller cups? Uh, these are, so I actually have, a big jug that I just have a black coffee and a lot of, a lot of my athletes actually say say that I'm, I'm drinking gasoline all day because they just just know I'm ready to go. We might have to pair you up, get uh, Alex to review your diet because maybe that may not be your, your area of expertise. No, we're going to work on this. That's fine. We're going to bring people together. Rich. I like uh, that. I like that. Yeah, we need, we, to, we, we need to bring cumulative guests on. This is what we Prior do. guests, bring them together. Ooh, okay. Stack it up a little bit. Yes. Mm. Rich, um, first thing I wanted to touch on was what is a reflexive performance reset? 
level two. Uh, well, some people heard that. Okay. Like what? Yeah. Yeah. What is so, that? so a lot of people ask me that. So I, uh, I taken a couple courses on RPR, um, which is basically a central nervous system reset. So, um, it's a couple of basically pressure points. I like to call it, um, that I'll go through with a lot of my athletes and, and basically all you do is you just hit certain points on your body. Um, and how I like to describe it is it takes you from survival mode to performance mode. So as humans, we kind of suck as move at moving and, and we're absolutely terrible at just making sure that we are active and moving the right way. Um, and the most efficient way. So when you hit these certain pressure points, it basically turns on the right muscles uh, in so many words and turns off the wrong ones at the, at certain times. So for example, if you are sprinting um, and you want to move as fast and efficiently as possible, your glutes should technically fire first, right? So if they are not firing first and you have, your hamstrings doing the brunt of the work that could cause some issues down the line. So uh, you, if you hit these certain points, sometimes it, it helps out certain athletes that have some sort of dysfunction and, and it kind of puts them in a, a better position to be successful. So like, is that something the average person can figure out on their own or how would they be able to even know like, okay, if I'm trying to get faster, say I got a, a race coming up this summer, you know, cause my boy was talking that smack in the group chat and, you know, I just got to show him what's up on a quick hundred meter. You know, we're not going to name any names and I'm not saying it's me running, but say somebody else wants to, you know, Honestly, how would I know if my hamstring is firing before my glute? So I, I have a couple tests that I go through and, and some assessments that I go through with, with my athletes as well to kind of see what's firing first. So, um, it's easier to show you than, than explain over zoom. And I wish we were doing this in person, but really, really you, you just try to put them in a position, um, so that you see what muscle is doing the brunt of the work. So I'll put somebody, uh, face down and they will try to lift their leg up as high as they can off the ground. And I will basically just kind of observe and see which muscle is firing the hardest. So like, for example, if you're, if you feel it in your lower back, as opposed to your glute from that position, then that probably means that your lower back is doing a little bit more than it should, because your lower back should not be your primary mover for hip extension, right? So if I'm trying to extend my hip, then if my lower back is taking over and doing a lot more work, that means it's being overworked, right? Because your lower back, it, it's going to help with hip extension, but it shouldn't be the prime mover. So I want to use my glute to, to do things like that. So hip extension is, is a main function, in a lot of movements in, in athletics, whether it's jumping, sprinting, all those things, you want to extend your hips because if you extend your hips, you're using your glutes, you're going to create more force in the ground. So I'm, I'm laying down for the test, like just, just cause it sounds like this is something someone could do at home if they were listening to see yep. if make sure that they have the right thing firing when they're running, which is probably an issue that everyone could get better on. Right. So if I'm laying down face down, I'm lifting my leg. Am I like kicking my leg back like a donkey kick or am I, when you say lift my leg, like, like, like a scorpion across my body. So, like a girl, so, normally, so normally I try to, uh, <laughs> I basically tell them 
bring your heel to the, the sky and get it as high to the, to the sky as possible. And then I observe from there what happens. I don't really try to give too many cues because I want to see how they basically interact with me, just telling me, telling them, okay, lift as high as possible. Right. Because when you're thinking, when you're running, you're not thinking about what muscles are firing, right. You're just running and you're just sprinting. So I want to see what your body naturally does in that state. So I just tell them, okay, lift your, lift your heel to the sky as high as possible. And I see what happens. And then from there I'll assess that. So it's, it's a difficult thing to do on your own because I've done it with thousands of, of people. So I kind of know what I'm looking for a little bit, but, um, it's something that you can probably do and just see, okay, I am, my right leg is lifting a little bit higher than my left. Why is that? I'm probably imbalanced. I'm probably dysfunctional somewhere. Right. So then from there, then you take the next steps to, to correct that. Yeah. That's a good point. Cause um, I mean, even with our training, we, we can at a certain point start noticing, okay, something in my body doesn't feel right. Or, you know, I, I gotta go see somebody else because I'm just not able to train the way I was training before. Or I don't know, you know, you, you know, when you could just feel a kink in your body, you know, so I guess that's where you would go to a coach or luckily, you know, for the athletes, they have a coach readily available who, who can work with them and start exposing some of those weaknesses. Right. That is literally why I have a job. So everyone can train, right. You guys, you guys know how to train. We've been training for a long time. I have tried to give and give my friends as many, as many tips as possible to make sure that we're training correctly and, and moving well and, and things like that. But mm-hmm. you guys, you guys are athletic and, and we've done it for a long time, right? My job is to make sure that everything is as efficient as possible. So I'm 99% of my job is just assessing what is happening, right? The other 1% is the, is the easy part where I can say, okay, this is probably what just happened. We're going to see if this works better for you. Right. Cause so for example, squats, right. Everyone, everyone squats. Yes. It's a, yeah. it's, a it's a prime mover. Right. So, one does it. so there's a, an efficient way to squat, right. You want to make sure that you're bending at the ankles, knees and hips, the, the most efficient way possible. If somebody is doing something and it doesn't look right or it's painful or something like that, that's your body telling you something's wrong. So then you have to assess from there. Okay. What's wrong? How do we fix it? So when I'm teaching someone how to squat for the first time, I don't just jump right to back squats. And that's what a lot of people that don't understand all of this, they tend to do because back squats are a lot more difficult to do than front squats. Back squats are a lot more difficult to do than goblet squats. If you do them correctly and you're taught, right? So you want to progress to that. You don't just want to jump right into it and, and teach that way. Because if you put somebody in the right position and the most efficient position to be successful, they're probably going to groove the correct movement pattern. If they groove the correct movement pattern, then you can start to load it a little bit more. I'm a big believer in movement and making sure that everyone is moving properly and, and technique and things like that. So that number one, no, no one gets hurt, right? Because if you if you get hurt, if you get hurt, you you can't perform on the field. You're not available. The best ability is availability. So you got to make sure that you're ready to go for game day, right? So everything I do, 
is geared towards that. And then I'll just work backwards from there. And I, and I didn't mention this. <clears throat> I don't think in the intro, Richie is the, uh, Richie is a strength coach up at the university of Albany. He's actually the head strength coach for the men's basketball team for the track and field team. Um, so I didn't touch on that. And, and he keeps referencing athletes and that's on me. Rich, when you're getting an athlete ready to squat, right? Or when you used to try to help me out and and train me through the multiple programs that you've given me, um, what cues or like, what are you looking for in an athlete to make sure that they are squatting efficiently? Because like you said, is an exercise done by everyone and probably 80% of the field is doing it incorrectly, right? Okay. Yeah. So what what are you looking for? So there's a lot of things um, that could go wrong with the squat. But do you want to make sure, like, there's a lot of things that, that we can talk about from here. And normally I start from the ground up. So I, I'll tend to look at people's uh, setup as far as where their feet are. And I tend to like a stance that puts you in a good position to put force directly into the ground, right? So if you're a, a little too wide, it's going to be difficult to put force into the ground in a straight direct line. If you're too narrow, same thing, right? So I tend to have people a little bit wider than hip width, right? And then you want your toes slightly out. So that way you have room for your femur to go into your hip joint, right? Because if, if there's no room for your femur to move and to bend, then it's just going to run into the hip bone. Right. So a little bit of anatomy. If, if you don't have room in your hip to actually bend, you're not going to be able to get as low. You're, you're going to feel a block and you're going to compensate somewhere else. Most of the time, if your, your femur, your head of your femur runs into your hip, then you're going to have some sort of back issue. And that's because you end up compensating with your lower back because you're trying to get lower because everyone in your entire life has told you that you need to squat to ask the grass or anything like that. Well, that's debatable, right? Because not everyone has the proper mobility to squat ass to grass. So why tell somebody to go all the way down when they can't do it and they're just going to compensate somewhere else and eventually hurt themselves. So that's just one, one of the things that I tend to, I tend to look at. And then from there, I'll just work my way up and we'll, we'll go to knees. So, okay. We talked about ankles a little bit. Now I want to see your knee go over your toe because I want a quad dominant squat. That's, that's my opinion is the most efficient way to squat. So I want your knee to go directly over your pinky toe. A lot of the time, if your glutes aren't firing, your knees go in. Right. So you want to make sure that your glutes are firing properly. I tend to tell everyone, okay, you want your knee to track directly over your pinky toe. And then from there, I'll work up to the hips. So you want to sit back with your hips a little bit and bend your knees, ankles, and hips all at the same time. So that's kind of how I teach the squat. And I'll just work my way up and make sure that everything is properly moving correctly. And then from there, will adjust and, and everyone's a little bit different. Everybody's built a little different. I train four foot 11 track athletes. I train seven foot tall basketball players. So not everyone is going to squat the same. So that's, again, that's another reason why I have a job because I'm assessing what it looks like and how do we make it better? 
not everyone in, in any of my programs follows the same exact progression as far as squatting. So some people never make it to back squat because they don't have proper range of motion. They, they have bad upper body mobility that we will try to address as much as possible. They've had some, some spinal issues along the way. So if they do that, then maybe there's a better movement, right? That looks some, something like a squat that we can get them strong doing that instead. Is, so Killian on, on the last episode, she, she was actually saying <clears throat> that she, she thinks, and I, I mean, I don't know how you're going to feel about this. She said that back squats are, are for frauds, right? She said that she, because she said a front squat engages so much more of your core goblet squat engages so much more of your core. And I guess if, if based on what you're saying, when you're doing a goblet squat, it is forcing you to move the right way, right? Because when you do a goblet squat, you have to bend knees, ankles, hips at the same time, or else you're going to fall on your face if you don't perform in that straight line, right? Is that, is that the goal? Yes. Yeah, so, so self-correcting movements, right? So I let, that's exactly why I like goblet squats to start off because it's a self-correcting movement. Now I wouldn't say that back squats are for frauds necessarily. And I would love to argue that because I love squats and I love back squats and I want to event, eventually progress my athletes to getting there because I think it's an efficient movement, right? And it's an easy way to get somebody strong if they're doing it correctly. But I make sure that every one of my athletes can, can at least front squat 80% of their back squat, because if they can't, then there's an issue there somewhere, right? Cause if you, if you can back squat 400 pounds, but you can only front squat 200, well, there's something yeah, going on there. That's a really good point. I can't. So exactly. So I calculation, I can't. What's the calculation? <laughs> I know, if I can, I so, so let's say I could do 405. What's 80% of that? What is that? That has to be like 315, right? Um, four or five times 324. No way you're front squatting 324. I can get reps at 275. Oh, maybe. Yep. That's 50 pound jump. That's throwing a toddler on your head. I can get one. If my max is 405. You have, you, yeah, you, yeah, I can get one. I'm confident your boy be doing this. You got guy in these legs, but the people, exactly. It runs in the blood. You do. You got them strong, like Mustang legs. Lydia, she, I told you she was a Guyanese athlete. Mm-hmm. Rich, I, Rich, I, I, while we're on the, the squatting thing, I have a question. Um, and obviously this is, I, this is known right throughout the industry. Warming up is crazy important, but literally no one does it. Every gym bro just goes in, lays on the bench, goes in, gets in the squat rack, goes to the deadlift platform, goes right at it. What should, if you're going to do a dynamic movement like that, you're going to start your lift off. One, should you start your lift off with the dynamic movement? And two, how should people be warming up? How are the athletes at the D1 level warming up? I love that question. All right. So I am a stickler on my warmups and I've run every single warmup where everyone is doing the same exact thing at the same time. So normally I start off with some sort of line hops, kind of get the blood flowing a little bit, get your heart rate up, get your body ready to go. Um, and it's a quick and easy plyometric where it works on foot strength and things like that, that are important in athlete, um, athletics. So something like that, where we'll do about 10 seconds, a couple, couple different movements there. Then I'll go into some movement prep, right? So, um, whether it, it, it just depends what we're doing for that day. So if it's a, a lower body emphasis day, um, I try to hit all the major movements that people are deficient in. So one would be hip extension, right? So I, I like to do some quad stretches, um, things like that to get your, your hips opened up a little bit. Um, one would be T-spine mobility. 
So I do a lot of different uh, movements where people are rotating and opening up, trying to extend your upper back, um, just some stretches like that. Then I'll work on some ankle mobility, whether it's just some, some ankle rocks, knee rocks, things like that, uh, to try to get your knee over your toe as far as you can, get some, some motion into your ankle. Um, and then from there, we'll start our, um, our glute activation, our torso activation, things like that. So I normally go something like getting your heart rate ready to go, movement prep, activation, and then they'll hit a couple of warm-up sets of whatever the main movement is for the day. So, and then depending on what time of the year it is, um, if we have time, normally I start off with some sort of plyometric series uh, before we get into any of our main movements. So it'll be like some, some jump series where people have to, I'm teaching everyone how to land properly and, and jump as high as they possibly can and then and land on one leg or something like that. Because in athletics, you have to be able to do that stuff if you want to stay healthy, if you want to stay in the field. Mm-hmm. So I, I make sure every single athlete knows exactly how to properly land when it's in a controlled setting so that hopefully it transfers over when, when the chaos and, and the bullets start flying when they're actually in games in practice. So, and, then, and then from there, then we'll go into our, our main movements for the day and, and I'll just go over the lift, whatever they have, and, and teach them new exercises or anything like that. Uh, tell them the reps, reps and sets on all that. And then we'll get going. There we go. And here we go. Complete pivot. But you were talking about when the bullets are flying, uh, last month, big headline NCAA, uh, kind of dropped the ball mm. when it came to, uh, balancing things out, huh? With the, uh, weight rooms. They did. What, uh, from your perspective, somebody who's, who's in that industry, what did you think? So, um, as far as, the NCAA goes, obviously I work for them. So I, this does not reflect my employer whatsoever, but I just want to mention that before I say anything negative, Um, the NCAA, they have preached equality and all this stuff for a very long time. Um, They have all these title nine rules and everything like that. So the fact that they aren't practicing what they're preaching is a little disappointing to me. Mm -hmm. Um, and that goes for anyone. I don't care if you are a trillion dollar industry or a broke college kid. If you say one thing and do another, that's not okay in my opinion. So that's that's just how you should live life. You got to make sure that you're going in every single day and, and you're practicing what you preach. If you say that you're going to be somewhere and you are supposed to be at seven o'clock, then be there at seven o'clock. That's how, that's how I feel about it. Yeah, I mean, it was funny to see how they tried to save the situation as soon as they like got called out. Two days later, they tried to come back with some equipment, but I mean, it still wasn't just, what, you, what you would hope to see. I just don't know how that happened, man. <laughs> like, how did they set the two different rooms up, and how did someone stand there and be like, "Yeah, this works. This is good. Well, I this think, isn't a good. This is a good idea. Well, this was this, this is good. Here, well, from you know, once again, your black friends' uh, perspective, I think one thing we always say in the black community is like, if you don't have somebody in the room to actually help make the decisions then you don't know if the decisions are going to be made right in your favor. Right. So it's like saying, okay, if you're talking about a black community and who's going to go in and make the decisions for that black community, is it a whole bunch of white people, right? Who are going to make decisions for black people and now follow probably not the best way to set up that, that board of directors, right? Because how good of an understanding do they have of those people? 
maybe that's what happened in that setup, right? Maybe in, whenever they were planning these rooms out, they said, oh, maybe we do have a good understanding of what they need. And then that maybe that's, who knows, complete benefit out, right? Maybe, get, dude, no, I don't know. No one knows. And that sounds so crazy to even try to come up with, right? This is the nonsense you really have to try to take yourself through. Be like, how do you do something that dumb? Yeah, no. Because <laughs> like to really sit there and just like put two, two, two and two, like that's why I really wanted to talk about this because like, like you said, with all the conversation about equality and just, you know, making sure that people have equal equity, like when it comes to just, just sports, you know what I mean? Something that should be as plain as day now. We're still dropping the ball in 2021 when it comes to a weight room. Have have there been, like, since that happened, Rich, did that in Albany? Like, did, did you guys, was there any change at all? Like, did that, because that was an event that was super, social media rules the world. So one thing happens, dominoes fall. Um, did that trigger any, like, uh, I don't know. I, I think I think here we do a really good job of, of yeah. just making sure everyone's as equal as it can get. Obviously, there's gonna there's always gonna be some differences between everything, um, but our administration does a really good job of just making sure that that we're following the rules and and we do things the right way and, and everyone gets what they put into it, right? Because that's at the end of the day, you get what you put into it. You got to make sure that you're putting in the work. And, and if you deserve something, then th- they're going to do their best job to do everything in their power to make sure that you're successful. Yeah, so, and I, I think that's how, that's how everything should be run. Yeah. I can't speak for any of the athletes there, but I guess that was probably one of the biggest like slaps in the face. It's like, you know, you work so hard to get to this point and you see, you know, the guys get this. And then for the women, this is what you get. It's like, you know, is it really that equivalent? That's, I just don't understand how, how it happened. That's all. Bro, people are idiots. hundred percent. People that's are why, idiots. That's why if, if the world, if the world was run by strength coaches, everything would just be better. There you go. That's how, there, that's how it goes. I mean, dude, your post, your post, huge props for you. Your Instagram post right after that event happened was awesome. All the, all the women, uh, absolutely crushing lifts that you coach. Um, that was cool. That yeah. was, that was, I like that. I trained, I trained some, some unbelievable females. I will say that. I trained some unbelievable females. Well, I mean, you know, ho- hopefully they can improve. We can only go up from here. That's right. Hopefully. And, and speaking of, on improvement, what's, um, well, while we pivoted to more like world issue, I guess, what is COVID life like coaching, uh, you know, a, a multiple athletes throughout the day what 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 challenges have you faced i mean you've told me but tell everybody the protocols that you guys are putting in place right now because it's crazy yeah so uh obviously covid really hit gyms hard um like everyone else but um especially in new york there's a lot of strict rules and we had our gyms closed for a very long time so it was difficult uh from the beginning for sure so right when this happened um, all of my athletes were hitting me up for workouts and things like that. And it was kind of difficult because I didn't really know, like I trained 200 athletes. I didn't know who, who had what equipment available. Everybody's kind of from different areas and all the rules were different and everyone was kind of just trying to guess. So I, I just started putting together some at home workouts that people could do with no equipment. And, and from there kind of just kept going and, and we built it throughout our strength and conditioning staff. We, we had at home workouts for probably three months or something like that. Um, and it went on for a long time until we could eventually start to get some 
equipment to people and, and things like that. And, um, and then from there, once gyms started opening back up and we could finally figure out exactly what was going on, um, and had the green light to, to train, uh, we had a lot of rules that we had to follow. Um, but I, we did a really good job with our, our protocols as far as like just getting into the building and, and getting our training started. Um, so we moved all of our, our fall sports to the spring. Um, so all fall sports were canceled. We, and then from there, we just were training and, and just practicing amongst ourselves. So, um, we had basically the entire fall semester to train, um, and, universities in New York had have a hundred person rule. So if a hundred person on campus, a hundred people on campus got COVID, then we would have to go fully remote. Nice. So, act- so we actually ended up only getting five weeks to train in the fall, but um, those five weeks were, were really important for, for us to, to move forward as far as the spring, once we got back from, from winter break and things like that. So we ended up training for five weeks. And, and once we got back in the spring, we kept going with our, our protocols and things like that. And, and it's been, it's been a lot better so far. Things are starting to, to ease up as far as restrictions and, and things like that. And people are getting vaccinated left and right. We have a bunch of uh, vaccination sites on campus actually. So uh, that's been really helpful. And, and a lot of the athletes are starting to get vaccinated. So hopefully things can start to slowly get back to normal and, and we can just keep training and play sports. Have you seen a, an injury uptick or are coaches planning on like an injury uptick? Like what's, what's the damage control looking like? Cause it, I would, for, right. That I, it's probably going to happen across all, all playing fields. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We had, we had a ton of injuries um, and it's just, it's just tough. Like we didn't have any equipment, if you don't have, if you don't have the chance to train at a high level, these, these days, it's just impossible to stay healthy. Like that's why we, we train year round. And when you take that away from, from kids, like I always tell everyone that's like strong people are harder to kill. That's why that, again, that's why I have a job, right? You got to make sure that you're strong in order, in order to be successful and in order to stay healthy or something's going to give. And especially if with, athletes like you're trying to go 100 miles an hour and and put force into the ground in a sport like football where it's just a car crash every play like somebody's going to get hurt if you're not training properly so we had we had we had a lot of injuries and we actually ended up canceling the rest of our spring season because um we just we couldn't feel the team it it just wasn't worth it anymore so we decided that we were going to uh, forfeit our last two games and just train for the rest of the spring. Uh, so that way we can start getting ready for the fall. Uh, you, you needed people. Yeah, that's I, I was. Gonna... Why didn't you call mm-hmm. your boys? I, I, I forgot that you guys had eligibility left. That's right. So you yeah. can Bert. Yeah. I, I still have what? All my Four years. years. <laughs> you can go back. 100%. Wow. Can I go back? Otis, can you coach me? I would love I that. Haven't, I haven't hit my prime yet. No. You have I not. have not hit my prime no. yet. No, you won't hit your prime until you can grow a beard. That's true. <laughs> Why are y'all trying to play me on this podcast? Every episode, speaking, every episode they try to play me. I don't get it. Speaking of the Kembe's prime, he 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 wanted me to ask this. He he sent me a text before the podcast. This was all 
the Kemba's question. Summer's coming up uh, from a guy who has his master's in this. How does someone who's been training for a while get bigger arms, Rich? It's tank season. How do you get the bigger guns? This is all Dikembe. Dikembe really wants to know how you make the arms pop. I, I never sent him that question. He did. I never sent he did. him I'll, that I'll show you. I'll show you. He, I he, it's all Dikembe. No, Listen, all you, all you guys need to do is come, come in for a Get Big Friday session. All right? The Get Big Friday is a big day here. Get Big Fridays. We, GBF. Yep. GBF. What is I like that? It. We I hit like first sit merch. I like it. Sun's out, guns out. We're we're ready to rock and, and okay. get some get some curls in. And listen, just 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 come on for the ride. Come on. Yeah. What does GBF look like, man? Just give us a little <laughs> little taste so that we could we could fill the sleep. Well, the Kembe can fill the sleeves out a little bit. That's all. Listen, there's <laughs> no secret sauce. Out. You just wear a medium. There's there's no secret sauce other than steroids. So <laughs> so if you if you wanna if you want to get bigger, you just got to put in the work. Simple as that. Honestly, I'm right on track. I'm, you know, I keep my timeline 27 now. So once I get out of a normal day job, right around like 2930. Right. That's the sound of syringe people. We do not. We at First Sip do not advise or support the usage of steroids. I'm sure I'm that. I do. I do 100 no. <laughs> percent. If you're trying to go to that next level, people, you better start doing it. We do not. We do not. We do not. We do not. We, we do I, not. Do. I do. One of the, okay. Another question from another uh, listener was, mm. um, what should someone do to increase, you know, if they want to get stronger, like just in general, Ooh, right? Like maybe question. not arms. Should they take steroids like Kembe says, or is there some other basic things that you can start doing, you know? Yeah. What do you recommend, overload, Rich? I, overload. I, I look uh, in the mirror. You know, I programming. Say, this year I'm going to get stronger. My maxes are going to go up. What should I do? I want to get my deadlift to 550. There you go. Consistency. Okay. First of all, don't chase numbers. Chase. I'm chasing a number. Don't tell me what to do. What are you, a coach? Don't chase numbers. Chase chase perfect technique. The numbers will come. If you chase perfect technique, the numbers will come. Because the the best availability, when you go in and you make sure – that you are ready to go as far as every single day, right? You need to make sure that you are available. And if you're not available, you're going, eventually you're going to get hurt if you're just not training correctly. So you got to make sure that you're available. You need to be consistent with your training, right? There's no mag- magic pill that you can take. You're, you need to make sure every single day from day in and day out, your, your training and you are preparing your body for whatever your goal is. So if you're, if you just go in and you say, Hey, I, I want to hit some arms today. Hey, yeah. I want, I want to train legs today. Like, and you don't have a plan, right? Eventually you're going to fall off that plan and, and you're not going to be consistent enough. And then something bad is going to happen or you are just not going to see the results that you want. But if you just try to throw something to a wall and make it stick, it's just not going to work. Okay. Okay. Still might try some steroids, but I guess those are good tips too. So hope hope people appreciate that. But yeah, steroids. Bert, what do you think? Uh, here's my here's my my last um, training training based question is uh, Killian, and and I keep bringing it up just because uh, you guys have aligned views, but also it's like some conflicting views on the on the squats. Best way, Rich, in your opinion, to optimize fat loss. So what is the best way 
you have your master's in it, you're certified that if I'm going to train, I'm going to yield results from a fat loss perspective. Okay. So, um, I would say as far as training goes, a mix of resistance training and cardio is going to be the best bang for your buck. Right. So from a training perspective, that's what I'm looking at. And I want to be consistent with that. Right. But the best way to lose fat is combining your training with proper nutrition, proper sleep, making sure that you're hydrated, things like that. Like, again, there's no magic pill. If you want to do something, then you just got to go do it and be consistent with it. Yeah. And then if it gets hard, you got to hire a coach. Mm -hmm. There you go. Can people hire you personally? I I'm right now I'm hired and I'm, I'm tapped out for my, for my hours, but, but in we'll, the future, we'll, see, we'll see in the future. We'll see in the future. In the future. Okay. We're going to talk. We're going to talk after this. I might have some plans Rich, in the future. What, what are your hours looking like? Can you, can you talk about that? My hours are long. It, that's, that's just part of the job. So I'm, I'm here pretty early and, and normally I, I, today I got here at five o'clock. I'm still in my office right now. Like it's just, Part of the part of the daily grind. You got to just 5 a.m. 5 a.m. Yeah. It's nice. It's nice. That's called loving what you do right there. I'm gonna play some I respect the hell out of that, man. This is crazy. That's awesome. That's awesome. This, this isn't a job. This is a lifestyle. You, there we go. So it's like us. Some would call us crazy for doing a job right now, Albert. Yes. This is work. Yes, we are working. But we just Hard. like Otis, we love what we do. <clears throat> yes. We are passionate. What we are also passionate about and we take pride in is our weekly trend of content rec of the week. Oh, is it that is it that time of it, day? It again? is that time. Ooh. So Rich, we'll start with you as our guest. What is your content rec of the week for our listeners? So I I've listened to every episode so far. So I'm I'm big big oh, fan of content rec. So I so I definitely I have I have two good ones ready. Um one not strength and conditioning related whatsoever my roommate got me into it and it's an oldie and i'm way behind but the sopranos is an absolutely phenomenal no. show yes first time i'm watching it and and i'm so good i'm floored it's it's phenomenal it really is one of those shows that's just timeless like you can Bert, you ever see it i've not I've, I've, ne- I've never watched is it like an bruh. italian peaky blinders bruh I keep telling you, I'm gonna keep putting you on the Peaky Blinder style shows because I know you would love them. That's my that's my favorite. That's it. Just keep it you gotta add a Sprano to the list. Hey, how uh, long is it? It's about like what six or seven seasons. I think it's six. How long are the episodes? Like 45 minutes an oh, hour. Oh, so yeah. it takes some time. Yeah, but it's like it's a great story. Like season after season after season. Like it's it's great, and it's one of those shows where it's like you really like you grow attached to to like the family to the characters. You know what I mean? You see them like aging throughout it, and then how did you finish it or no? I have not. I'm only in season three. Ooh, ooh. Mm. <laughs> Listen, we don't talk. <laughs> Series. We don't talk. Right, what, what's your other one? So my second one, um, I'm a huge Jocko Willing fan. So mm. gotta throw gotta throw out love to Extreme Ownership. That book has okay. has paved the way that I think about a lot of things. Um, so I I definitely gotta pay homage to to Jocko. I like that. I like that. And, and, and so I, I've heard about that before too. What What is the premise of that book? So if someone's going to like look for that, why would they look for that? So I don't want to call it necessarily like a self-help book, but 
it's it basically explains to you um how to take extreme absolute extreme ownership from a military perspective um because he was obviously in in the military uh so he he breaks it down from his perspective as far as how to lead people and how to make sure that um a unit moves as one right so and then from there he breaks it down from not only a military perspective but a business perspective as well and kind of combines the two in each chapter and it's 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 really good it's really good yeah yeah it's an awesome book some of the stories that he has in there i mean like his actual stories are pretty pretty crazy um he's the man have you, have you read it yet well, he sent it to me and okay. i yeah yeah gotta go through it it's it's great um bert how about you you could start i want to end with mine because i want to talk about mine a little bit okay okay mm-hmm. I, li- I like that yeah. i'm a little excited i don't know where he's going with this yeah yeah um, i just want to hear your guys opinion yeah i got well, into an argument about with my wife about it <clears throat> oh this is gonna be so great that's gonna be so great but yeah alex might like this one too she probably already watched it but my content rec is another netflix uh, series called this is a robbery right you know i like the true crime you know all those criminal shows I'm just like Alex with that. Mm-hmm. So this one is basically about the largest art like heist in history. Over $10 million in art stolen. Um, they stole this piece known as the Rembrandt, a few other like major art pieces. And nobody knew who took who took these pieces of art. And the thing is, the guys went in when they when they first walked in, right? The security guard literally let them in because they were dressed up in police uh in a police uniform let them in through the front door. He said, the police officer is sitting there with the guy. All of a sudden he looks at him. He goes, this is a robbery. No way. Right. He, he goes ahead, handcuffs, handcuffs the security guard, leaves him down in the basement and he leaves them there for, they leave them there for 81 minutes while they're robbing the museum. So that's another thing that people are saying is strange because they're like, wait, two of these cops are in there. They were let in by the security guard. He's sitting down there just chilling in the basement and they're in there for 81 minutes and no one notices this art is being stolen. How are you getting the art out of the building? How are you taking care of it? Cause this is, these are old pieces. And does right? the like, story outline it? Does oh, it goes through everything. Right. So I have one episode left, so I don't know if they get the art back yet. So it listen. has to be more than 10 mil for like the largest theft. Ever. Yeah. yeah, No, it's definitely over 10 mil. Yeah. It has That's to just be. the number I remember. Like that really stands out. Oh, okay. <laughs> but like, listen, it was, and this was in the past too. So I don't know inflation, you know what I mean? Oh, that's like true. art was also selling for, like past 2000s i've learned this because you know i went in a little bit of a rabbit hole mm-hmm. ever since i started watching this is a robbery there's this another show on, on netflix yeah there's another show on there on netflix that i watched after this i forget the name of it that talks about this uh another museum in new york right that was selling up to like 80 million dollars in counterfeit art so the art world's pretty crazy man 100 percent. and on a future episode i want to talk about digital art and nfts nfts we're gonna have to get someone on because you see the you see the money that people are dropping on that yeah, rich doesn't know about nfts lots, you lots don't know nothing about the nft yeah. we not going we're gonna stick to your expertise okay <laughs> nfts no not nfts but bert that's me this is a robbery people watch it let me know what you think about I like that. talk about it so okay. um, so my content record of the week is, is also a netflix show that me and alex just started where uh i think more than halfway through the season i just want to talk about the concept so it's called the one I don't know if you guys have watched it yet. Do you watch it yet? No, but it's on my list. So it's a show on Netflix. And the premise of the show is, is, I thought was really cool. And like, you know, when, when a show creates an idea that really makes you think like, damn, what if that, like someone did this? So you submit a strand of hair to a company and they assign you a genetic match in the world. 
and your genetic match, it is undeniable. You are 100% likely to fall in love with this person. Doesn't matter what it is, could be a tortoise, but you are 100% likely to fall in love, madly in love, 100% guaranteed success rate. And the, like, the company is causing crazy turmoil in the fictional world because so many divorces are happening. A bunch of people mm-hmm. are like uneasy if they made the right decision. It's, it, it's just the idea of the whole thing is so crazy. And I brought it up because me and Alex were sitting there and I was like, we're, we would match, right? We, we'd be a hundred percent. So, I mean, it's something that people really have to think about. We would. Because, I well, I mean, <clears throat> this was, you know, I was talking about this earlier mm-hmm. today. Uh, you know, we're going to have a future pot about relationships, you know, but I think sometimes, well, a very big reality for people in relationships, you have to compromise on a lot of things, right? Yes. And that helps build the love over time. So you may not like first meet each other and be like, oh, wow, I, I love you. This and, is, this and is that's love what, at first that, That's what happens in the show. Really? Like you just see somebody and that's it? Game you over? see them and you act differently. Wow. And I think Richie, I think if this was real thing, Richie would do this. You know, oh my gosh, one hundred percent. He's a hopeless romantic. I would be right there with Otis. You are. Me and Otis would be in line. You guys would submit. You guys would submit strands of hair. Yes, hundred percent, without a doubt. But I just thought that the premise was so. My my question and how I wanted to end it was how I want to spend. Do you think? And Alex brought this up. She's she was kind of joking. I'm going to post this on IG. What's the question? That's even possible. Like DNA, a genetic alignment with someone out there. Maybe every everything's possible in this day and age. So I don't <laughs> I don't second guess anything. Like, do you think everybody has a perfect match? One, like hundred percent, like one hundred perfect genetic like coding. Nothing would ever match. go wrong. Mm-hmm. I don't know. No way. Like I know People myself. Suck. I'm complicated. Yeah, no, you don't. I suck. They aren't out there. Yeah, no. Like thirty percent of the day, I suck. Mm-hmm. I'm hard to deal with. If there's somebody who can deal with me hundred percent of the day, whoa. But maybe they suck thirty. Or they, you know, they suck 70. Bro, you're right. This is what bro. we do. This is what thanks, we do bro. on this show. We put yeah. people on to some big brain energy thinking. Rich, was there anything Was there anything else you wanted to touch on um, from a, like a strength training standpoint or anything that like you thought to yourself, uh, I, should, I should say that I would want people to know as a strength coach? I mean, again, the biggest thing is just being consistent and, and making sure that you're moving properly right if you just jump into a training program and you let's say you've never trained before in your life and you come up and you want to make sure that you're you're doing something you gotta you gotta ask for help right and if you're just trying to do stuff because you saw it on instagram or or it looks cool or anything like that eventually it's just not going to work for you right because i try to individualize each program to that specific person that comes in not everyone is meant to be a power lifter not everyone one is meant to be an olympic lifter things like that so you got to tailor programs to the individual and how they move and, and their restrictions and things like that so i like it make sure you can move and move right i like it man so that's you know gotta let people know don't challenge me you know any races any race challenges coming up don't do it your boy still got it um stay in your lane because uh, like Otis said, it's, it's levels to this. Yeah, not ready for your boy. Bert, we're going to get you on the track. We're going to get you right. Work I, on your movement. Yes, I know Make that. sure your glutes are firing before your hamstrings. We're going to have to do the test after this. Hang up. Stay You're on your to toes. Watch. Make sure you stay on your toes because we know you didn't do that back in high school. <clears throat> um, what else can I say about Bert's Before we form? get into the running form, Richie. Anything else I can say Thank about you Bert's so much, form. man. We appreciate it. I'm really glad you came on. This yeah. was awesome. Absolutely. Speaking about, speaking about running. 
Otis, you want to go running with us on Apex later tonight? I would love to. I would love to. I know I'm you're not, a game. You know you're a gamer on the gamer. inside. I'm not a huge gamer, but I just enjoy your guys' company. Yeah, that's right, bro. Thank you. We're gonna get you into gaming because you know before we sign off, esports is becoming a thing. Don't and I know you God. saw the article I sent you earlier about these e, e gamers needing some strength coaches, right? Because we got to make sure they're right on the sticks. Oh, that's true. They so, got to be ergonomically sound. So that's what we're gonna sign off with, Otis. I'm gonna send you some some articles later. Okay, we're gonna plan out this, your whole future. We just got to get you to pivot into because that is the future, e-gaming and strength conditioning. (laughs) Let's get it. Let's get it. Let's get it. Bro, thank you so much for coming on. We appreciate it. And as always, everyone, enjoy the first sip.